0: Hello everybody and welcome to our live continuing coverage of the Sebring race event. It's uh, round two of the Tudor United Sports Car Championship, round two of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge as well. Uh, We've got the team here and we're ready for some qualifying action coming up in just a few moments time. Live from Sebring, this is IMSA Radio. <laughs> The Continental Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. Well, delighted to say that we're ready to go and just 60 seconds away from qualifying for CTSC, the Continental Tyres Sports Car Challenge. Greg Kramer is alongside me, as well as Mark Miller from. Uh, CJ Wilson Motorsport who joins us again after his debut uh, earlier on this weekend, we liked him so much we brought him uh, straight uh, back into the booth kicking uh, and screaming, well yes we had to drag him in clearly, uh, and down in the pit lane we'll have uh, Jeremy Shaw uh, and uh, Shea Adam at some stage uh, during this broadcast as well, at least to uh, to pick up the Uh, Pick up the pool sitters. Uh, Two 15-minute sessions, Greg. Not a lot of time for people to dial themselves in uh, and get the times that they need. But they have had some track time already, and you watched it yesterday.
1: Absolutely. Two practice sessions yesterday, and uh, the Camaros in the GS division look very strong. But we start with ST qualifying, and I don't think it's a huge surprise here to see the Porsche Caymans and ST up at the front. Uh, They showed great pace. Uh, They've been very quick from the get-go this season, certainly a lot of teams evolved into them including the Marillo team last year liked what they were seeing from the cars and they have generally been the cars that said in one of the sessions it was the uh, Alara Motorsports MX-5 from the Mazda camp the number 34 Christian Simsek and Justin Piscitell putting that car on top and Mark we saw the Mazda's incredibly strong here last year. Now, the Caymans look like they're going to give them a bit of a run, but uh, the Mazdas, other than that one run, just haven't been as quick.
2: Well, I mean, uh, things have changed, you know, since last year. The Mazdas have a little more weight, um, and it was a surprise to all of the Mazda teams, you know, myself included, come to Sebring where it's a a, uh, flat track. There's a lot of long straightaways but it's also a flat track which doesn't rob horsepower when you're going uphill and you're not in bankings and stuff like that so um, and because it's a it's a flat track and it's got a lot of bumpy sections that lightweight car gets off the corners well and you can kind of hold people off and then roll through the corner center center of the corners uh, much better than some of the heavier cars and they're good on tires, and tires here are really important. So you're going to see some of that. But the Caymans have come a long way. Mm-hmm. So there the more teams and solid teams that get their hands on those uh, Porsche Caymans have have added more and more depth to that car, and you saw it at Daytona, and you saw it at the end of the year last year, um, and they're still kind of the strong package to have right now, especially here.
1: Well, even when you see, John, a team like Bimmerworld that's been running the BMWs, I mean, that's in the name of the team, and they create an offshoot team called Level European, to run Porsche Caymans, uh, sort of splitting the difference. And I think, the, you know, to me, the big indicator was Team Salen, they ran the Caymans last year. But mid-season and afterwards, you started to see Murillo racing. One session it was the Bimmer, one it was the Cayman. Eventually they just went to the Caymans. And the Autometrics team, which isn't running here this year, yeah. they really gave the indication, didn't they, that, uh, well, that the Cayman was just a great package.
2: It was a great package, and you could put a two-young, fast driver pairing in that car, and it looked strong from start to finish. Yeah. So where before, you know, you'd have the Pro-Am uh, category or you'd have uh, some of these guys that maybe not qualify out the front but the car would just drive through the pack so we knew as racers we knew that we, what we what we were in for you know in our in our team halfway through the race this right. is what we can expect to be battling for position with
1: what we saw the next quickest cars were uh, in a couple of cases it was uh, the honda civics certainly the I Do Borrow entry of uh, Owen Trinkler and Sarah Cantoneo, the number 44 car. Also, the LaRue Racing number 4 put up some good times uh, in that mix as well. Then behind that came the BMWs, the Hyundai Genesis, and the like. Uh, and of course, a big story here, I think, is the debut for Compass 360 of those new Audi S3s that they're running. At, at Daytona, they still ran with the Civic there, but now they've, they've completed the testing, and now they're debuting here. Good-looking cars, and obviously they're they''re worth on pace. I wandered up there to have a look at them uh, earlier in the week as they were coming off the truck.
0: My goodness <laughs> me, those cars are very sexy indeed. And uh, The street cars look good, but you know who would have thought that that car would make made such a sexy-looking uh, race car? No, very good indeed, and great to have uh, Audi back in, in this category as well. Uh, just another indicator, Mark, really, of just how the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge has, has come along to keep attracting different manufacturers a different global manufacturers who have history in racing
2: well on that note the, there's also two minis out there correct that that are back after several several years of, of not being in the series and they're developing the car and what you're going to find with these newer cars is not necessarily a, an issue with the drivetrain and pace but it's more electronics because now these cars you know everyone's got traction control and and um and abs and we're selectively trying to turn everything off so we can <laughs> drive the car, so it doesn't think better than we we do. Um, and I think that the Audi and and the Mini, they're both struggling with that right now. But once they get those uh, those issues solved, they're going to be right there in the pace.
0: You had a a, a chat. That, that I have to say the Minis look a little more street stock on the outside than some of the other cars. It was quite interesting watching those guys uh, practicing earlier in the week with all these brightly colored race cars with fantastic <laughs> liveries going through and paint jobs and wraps, and then a little dark red mini goes through. Yeah. And go, How'd the rental car get out <laughs> there? <that? laughs> <laughs> However, when you look at it, that's a properly prepared race car. Absolutely. I have to say that. You mentioned the Caymans, of course, uh, uh, Greg. Uh, these Caymans that we've seen in the, in the last few years over here, interestingly, have been... Um, self-developed by the teams and and I don't mean that in a a bad way I don't mean to denigrate the guys at all but the guys have spent a lot of time turning what is clearly a very capable street car into a very capable uh, racing car and Porsche have have now recognised the potential for that car and next year we will see a Vysak built GT4 version of the Cayman a mid-engine car from Porsche as a street-based race car for the first time since the 914
1: absolutely i mean they put so much you know emphasis into the 911 Variants that, that that's our race car, that's what we're going to be doing. And then, of course, when they've you know, developed the new LMP1 hybrid and the like, there's a lot of focus there. But absolutely, I mean, in other series too, I mean, Jack Baldwin running a Cayman, a front runner mm-hmm. in other series as well. I think they finally realized that this is a platform that can be very successful. And the teams are looking at it. And whether or not Porsche was going to support them, they were going to run them. So Porsche said, well, let's get in there and get involved and really support them. And, I mean, it is a great platform. You said it, mid-engine, the balance is superb. As as fuel burns off, I mean, everything about that car just stays... Pretty predictable. So obviously, through long stints, it should be a a good program. And the one thing I was going to say, and we're seeing it play out here right now, John. Um, we just saw it's two Mazdas up front, and in the warmer session yesterday, it was that was the session where the Mazda set the quick time. Then it was a slew of, of, of Caymans, but it was a Mazda, and right now we've got them running one-two.
2: And this goes with goes back to that saying, you know, the you've got hot temperatures, you only get a limited amount of grip. It's a bumpy track. You know, it robs horsepower, so if you can carry more center corner speed in some of these corners and you can take care of the brakes a little bit better... The the Mazdas are going to be quick, but you're going to see some of these Caymans and, and even maybe a BMW jump up in there in the top five uh, re- relatively quickly. Yep, there's, there's a Cayman just jumped up in the
1: <laughs> second with no less than Jeff Siegel in the 43 uh, Salen's car. Uh, that lap though, that uh, Piscatello put in in the number 34 LR entry at 2:24.9, that is within half a second of the best lap we saw in the cool of yesterday. So uh, they're you know starting to get serious with it. And I think you know you know that's a good point. You may have a a uh, you know car with a little bit more oomph and everything that you think would play in, but if you're bouncing out of the exit of the, of that corner trying to get that power down and you're slow mid corner, that's not going to be you know exactly. necessarily what you want. Yeah. I
0: remember these these continental races, they're they're a long race. Mm-hmm. You need to be comfortable. It in is the car, a car race. You're bolted into that for quite a long time.
2: Right. It's a two and a half hour race and there's a mandatory stop um, just so they think the windows and about an hour and fifteen for most of us for fuel and and you know, you've got to make your tires last. And GS class change their tires a lot more often. We get one tire change. Some of the front wheel drive cars just change the fronts. Um, and it's not uncommon for the MX-5s to not change tires at all because if you can take care of the tires and you can jump a bunch of people on the pit lane and able to keep pace, you may be all right.
0: What I love about this championship, and uh, we saw this perfectly played out at Daytona in the uh, the first round of the season, I love the variety of cars across the classes here and you know when you have got a Mazda MX-5, you've got the S3 you've got the Mini now, you've got the more traditional uh, cars that we expect to see in here like some of the muscle cars that we'll see in the bigger class later, the Chevy Camaros the Mustang, you've got the Nissans in there, I mean is there anybody who isn't there that should be there, that's the question, that there's pretty much every major manufacturer from across the world is now represented there greg
1: it is i mean it, it is a place where uh, you know it's an opportunity whether you're you know in in the bigger higher horsepower category or in the street tuner category for a manufacturer to bring a car it's relatively stock very little you can do to these cars you know as they would be in production and go out and compare them show them off up against the competition that is also on the showroom floor. And, I mean, it, it, it's a real proving ground in many ways for these manufacturers.
2: And not just a proving ground. It's a lot of effort for the teams, too. It's, it's good for the teams to be able to do it. And I think a lot of manufacturers, though, they'll, they'll look at a series like this and want to be involved, but... They don't, it's not a series that the manufacturer is just going to put full manufacturer support behind. Right. So they really rely on these teams to, to help develop the car. And the good manufacturers to work with, and we've been blessed to have, been, have worked with several of them, but the good manufacturers to work with are the ones that are really in helping the teams.
0: And all of a sudden, there's only five and a half minutes left of this qualifying session, just underlining what we were saying about get out there, get your lap in, uh, and then make sure it counts and it's still uh, Justin Piscatel with that 223-9 who heads it out in the 34 from the 56 of Jeff Mosling in second. 224-6 and not too much there, what, half a second? 7 tenths uh, and then a uh, 25 flat for Jeff Siegel in that 43 that we were talking about a few moments ago. What's the tactics here, Mark? You've been out there, you've had to do this 15 minutes around here with a two and a half minute lap. I mean, it's no time at all. I mean, you can barely even... Dare you even come in and do tire pressures?
2: No. There's no time for that, especially this is a 3.7-mile track. You just don't have time to get out there and out lap is a four-minute lap. So you yeah. just you're, you eat up a third of the session just by coming in and going out. Yeah. Um, it's just not worth it. But it, you want to get out and get your laps in optimum the second and third lap. You see that Justin Pistikintel's fastest lap is lap two. Uh, 23.9. That's that's within a few tenths of the track record here, and yeah. you know that's really good pace. Um, but you definitely want to be out there and get it in, and, and get the continental tires, um, the extreme maximum amount of grip in the first couple laps of, the, of hot. And you may be able to cool them down if you don't get an optimum lap. You get messed up in traffic or something. You may be able to cool them down and have another go at it. But those first few laps are vital.
1: That's the sweet spot of the tires. Absolutely. It's it's really magic there, isn't it? There's a real skill to turning tires on, switching them on. We hear
0: drivers talk about that all the time, and that's basically getting the tires up to temperature for those first couple of laps and and getting the pressures right. The outlap is way
2: more important than people think. Absolutely. You, you've got to get the tires up to temperature and be optimum by the time you cross the stripe so you can get that first lap. A lot of people warm it up on the first lap. They are not getting an optimum uh, lap on that the first lap, and then they, they can kind of fall off. So you really want to take care of that, um, the tire. And the good thing about the Continentals is they, they don't degrade really fast. It's not like they fall off really quick. So that's a positive. Another another Cayman goes up the P2. So they're they've got... Second, third, and fourth right now with Adam Isman. Yeah, Adam Isman car.
1: was one of the guys who had some great speed in the Cayman last year, now running for the new RS1 team. And the number 18 jumps up to second at a 224. That a six five five uh, still a chunk. I mean, in this in in this class of racing, it's almost eight tenths that Piscatel has everybody covered by. That's amazing. It's Mosing in the number fifty six Marillo uh, Motorsports. That is a Cayman. It is another Cayman in fourth. The forty three Team Salins entry of Jeff Siegel. Then it is the Honda Civic Juan Carlos Larue in the uh, Larue Racing number four. Then it's Chad McCombie in the uh, number five C J Wilson uh, a racing entry. The eighty three level European. Uh, Cayman of Eric Zimmerman. Then in eighth, the number 93, that's the Honda America race team of Chad Gilsinger. Uh, got a pretty good co-driver with him this weekend, a guy <laughs> named Kuno Whitmer. Interesting story there. The team Salen's car was sitting in fourth, and then uh, in I think they just clocked in uh, a top ten time. It was, oh, Gilsinger got, oh, Sarah Cantaneo. In the number 44, I do borrow machine jumps up into eight. So, uh, you know, but it's that Mazda out front by a big chunk, and then Isman back to Mosing is also a fair. That's a very small amount. That's at 4100. So that's close. But uh, yeah, I mean Piscatel why not, Pitt? He's parked it. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not
2: a 23.9 is a solid lap. And you can see some of these guys shuffling around here with a couple minutes to go. You know, McCombie just jumped up to P4. He's in a pack right now. If you can get a little bit of a draft with the MX-5, they don't produce the best top speed. So if you can get a little bit of toe behind someone, you can kind of um, get down a little bit quicker lap. And you also see uh, Sarah Cataneo. Those Hondas are very very fast especially on fresh tires yeah and tell you that you really get the tires hot
0: you'd, you'd expect those guys to suffer a little bit with with front wheel drive particularly in the warmer conditions but as you say if they can nail out those opening up interesting to see as Mark mentioned earlier on uh, first and third in the pits they've only done a couple of three laps uh, and in fact what Justin is doing because I, I believe he's only been across the line three times I think he did an out-lap, a flying lap, and came straight back in. That might be only one timed lap from Justin. I didn't quite see uh, when he went out of the pit lane. He may have been south of the, the timing line, so he may have had one a warm-up lap uh, uh, to, to have a go. But they parked the cars. First and third have parked the cars. Now, you've got to use the tyres that you qualify on to start the race?
2: Yes, you start with the qualifying tyres, and you start with the qualifying driver. So, you know, a, a, a bunch of us, I know on our team, you know, we feel really comfortable with each other. We're we're a pro pro lineup, and we we try to pick races. So yep. last year I kind of lost the draw, and actually I won the draw, but I lost. Uh, um, I I kind of hit the wall, so <laughs> it was painful. So. Um, uh, so we kind of trade off, but a lot of these drivers are qualifying drivers, and they qualify all year, um, and they start with the tires they qualify on. And that's another thing Those, uh, with, the, with the Mazdas, you know, you're, you're not having a lot of time. And, Justin, that's a smart move if you can get that time in early and yeah. then park the car and you're not burning the tires down trying to get a faster lap or finding two or three tenths. And even that last lap from Adam Isman, I mean, that was a smart move. A lot of these guys are starting to circulate a little bit and slowing down a little bit.
1: Checker flag out, by the way. So, boy, you, the, these sessions do fly by. Mm. And that, that I mean, keep in mind here, I mean, assuming this holds, and it certainly looks like it's going to, I mean, Piscitell is going to be two for two in qualifying so far this season. Pretty good. And he did it for Murillo Racing at yeah, Daytona. Yeah, two different makes. Two different yeah. makes, and he's uh, put them both on pole. I think the guy's got a future. <laughs> right, well, I think he's <laughs> been around, too. <laughs> I think
0: th- so. He yeah. needs to find a new ride for round three, so he can keep the streak going. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he want a bit of... Uh, uh, a bit of consistency. Just looking at Liam Dwyer jumping up to 23rd position. His quickest lap as the chequered flag came out, 229 uh, 041, And he's just actually been bumped down to 24th. We were talking about Liam earlier on, just a, a person who is... He would hate me seeing this, but he's in the car, so he, he can't hear. But absolute inspiration to, to all of us. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen or heard the story, he's a... Uh, 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 an army veteran sorry a marine veteran he would kill me for that uh, and, and he could. has proved to be a phenomenal racing driver has oh. already stood on the podium Mark the they've the won, podium. A won a Lime race rock, Lime rock. Lime, rock.
2: last year yeah I did, you know we, we were also on the podium um, our team finished second and third in that race and it was it was bittersweet but it's. To, to not win the race, but, man, to, to stand alongside of him. And he is, like you said, he's inspirational and spending time with him and, and all the things that he's overcome and, and been with. It's like I think I told you earlier, it's like I wake up in the morning, I was like, you have a bad day? That's not a bad day. No. You know, like yeah. this guy makes, will run circles around me, so it's and great. so matter I got of
0: a fact about it, that's the thing. All oh, he, he wants is. to do is race motorcars. He doesn't expect any special treatment. Yeah. Uh, and he goes out there and, and puts in the time. All right, he's, he's five seconds or so off the leader, but he's halfway down the field. I mean, he's doing a pretty decent job there, and he has won races, uh, as we mentioned there. Greg?
1: Well, and Lime Rock is a track he knew well, this track. You know, he's not real familiar with, so he's still trying to figure his way around it. But i got to tell you, that podium at Lime Rock, I was the one doing the uh, the ceremony. It was emotional. It was immensely emotional. I mean, it was Memorial Day weekend, you know, on, on top of it. And after everything was presented, when the champagne came out, you guys popped the corks, sprayed yeah. a little bit, and Liam just laid down on the top step of the podium, and everybody just started pouring champagne. I, I was ch- choking up trying to talk about it. It was an amazing – I mean, he's, I he's suffered such horrible pictures. injuries, Honestly. and to come back like he did is just inspirational – whether he likes it or not, he is. Be interesting Correct.
0: to see how he's coping with the bumps here. Yeah. Um, I think that might oh, be Oh, I it. don't
2: think he'll have any a problem. The, yeah, the thing is is um, he has uh, some arm strength issue because of lack of muscle muscle tone. And but the way he handles it, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be an issue. But Greg, going back to that race, you know, yeah. I was on the podium too. That was my first yeah. race back after the accident. Yeah. And he, I was a little bummed. He stole all my thunder. <laughs> but it, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have two stories on the podium, that would, that oh, would be yeah. that's great.
1: that's a good. Well, and that's a good. Sp- Folks, those of you that watched the race here last year and saw that big hit, Exit of 5. This guy. You're, and you're wondering, how did he and you know, Is he okay? Well, he's the yeah. one who's yapping right next to us here. So yeah. he's doing just fine and came back quick as ever. So that's the best part. When do we see you back in the car, Mark? Actually, yeah. that's a good point.
2: Uh, Mazda Raceway. We're scheduled to be back in the car. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll probably announce something next week. So. Okay.
0: Uh, you were doing a bit of uh, sneaky testing here earlier on. I know you're not going to tell us uh, what that was I all about. I can't
2: tell you what it was or, or how we did or anything, but Gen I enjoyed. had the opportunity to come uh, test here. Yeah. Jollies were, were had. It was fun.
0: Jollies were had. That's Jollies all we had. need to know. There's a worldwide audience going, <laughs> yeah, spot on. Got You'll it. have to let us know on Midweek Motorsport uh, when you've got something to, to tell about that. So G- Justin Piscatel uh, snatches the pole position early and then has the confidence to park it. From Adam Isman, some what seven and a half, nearly eight tenths back in second place. Jeff mostly uh, Mossing in uh, third position, is another nearly eight tenths back. These these are gaps that. Uh, sorry, excuse me. He's not. He's just a very a tight of, yeah, margin four there. Yeah, hundredths back, seven tenths away from the leader. So we've got the leader seven tenths away from everybody else, and then the next uh, five cars within a second. So that tells you just how unusual Mark it is to have someone so far ahead at the front of the field.
2: Yeah, it, you know that last year, you know, the, our C.J. Wilson Racing team had a had a great run, um, and Stephen had pole with similar time, and Tyler, my teammate, uh, was p3 it was very similar to what chad ran so um i know that our our team the five car there was struggling yesterday in practice and uh, they ended up changing motors and and five. nice to see them back up in p4 chad's uh, one heck of a qualifier too he's a great yeah, great teammate is. to have but um you see some of the other um, um cars in the field here one of the ones that L- Larue, the the number four honda that car qualifies so strongly at a lot of events. And with this bumpy conditions, it's tough to get the power down on these front-wheel drive cars. So to to be able to—, to
1: Did, in fact, run a lap. So you know, that's have, a bit of a surprise. They have
2: two other cars yeah. in the field right now. Greg Strelzoff qualified uh, P19 as yeah. well with the 19 car, which is a new car. So I, I was wondering about that uh, as well because I know that they started the session mm-hmm. in the last session yesterday, but they didn't finish it. Um, so I'm I'm curious to find out what happened there. But one of the surprises for me was um, a team that's won this championship, the, the 23 Burton Racing yeah. Entry. Mike Lamara has improved in every year he's been in here, and he's qu- sitting 23rd right now, which is a little strange for me to see because, um, or he's in 26 right now, rather. But uh, he usually qualifies well in the top 12 and top 10. And um, I know that he was pretty strong last year at the yeah. beginning of the race, too. So. Uh, that's a little that's a little different for me, so I'm hoping they're not having too many issues with that BMW.
1: Well, you wonder about it because I was just looking, and there's a, a BMW that ended up a great qualifying run by Jason Breedis up in uh, seventh in the number 84 from Bimmerworld. Uh, but there is a difference that 84 is that F30, which is the turbo version, and Lamar, I believe he and Terry Borchler are still running the uh, the normally aspirated 320. Oh,
2: right, they're they're in the one the 128 actually the one series car. Th- and, uh, yeah, and the um the the F30 car they've Spent a lot of a lot of time last year mm-hmm. developing it. We knew that we were going to be strong, you know. Uh, you, our team in the Mazdas were another car that's going to be a turbo, and we were starting to sweat a little bit. But <laughs> we could see the potential in the car, and at Daytona, you could certainly see that. Was he qualified top top two? I think I think second Let, or third.
0: Let's uh, whiz down to the uh, pit lane and see uh, what we've got from down there. Hello, John, for Jeremy. You
3: can hear me, can you? Yes, perfectly. Now you couldn't hear me. Uh, oh, oh five, ten minutes ago?
0: I uh, don't think so. Well, that's bizarre.
3: Um, yeah, everybody's gone now. <laughs> I did have uh, Justin Piscitell here, though. Sorry. Uh, and uh. was chattering to him, and he was telling me that he, he had to pass somebody around the outside to turn 17 on that pole-winning lap. So uh, he was pretty proud of his effort there. He said it was, you know, it was a pretty good lap. He's he, he certainly hanging out there, but uh, he, he did have to pass the traffic in that, in that final corner on, on that first flying lap. Well, really, the only flying lap he had. He had no, He I, I had two flying laps. He had one lap earlier on, which is fairly good, and then the second one, which won in the pole. So the team is absolutely thrilled to bits. Uh, and uh, Eric Foster spoke to as well. He is driving the car that I think is going to be starting from the third position. So for that... Uh, that Murillo racing effort and the AMG team uh, a tremendous effort to get those two cars, two different cars, the Mazda on the pole and that Porsche came in third on the grid.
0: Thanks, Jeremy, and um, we'll keep. I'll keep my ears up for you at the end of this next 15-minute session, where the GS cars are
1: lined up uh, to the. Right-hand side of the pit exit, almost ready to go, Greg. Just one more thing on the, or a couple more things on the ST1. Remo Nishidi driving that new mini John Cooper Works uh, entry, the number 37. First time they've run. Put it in the top 20. Remo's a great talent, and obviously as that car develops, it's going to improve. Uh, also a great effort by Sarah Kentonay on the number 44. I do borrow uh, Thor Motor Coach entry, did a superb job in the Honda Civic. And I just want to note that Ted Giovannis, boy, this is a guy who's pushing He's in his sixties. Runs with David Murray. And at Daytona, he qualified in the in the in ninth, kept the car in the top ten when he handed it over to Murray. They came home with a podium when Murray got behind the wheel. He's done it again in his big field. He qualified in the top fifteen. He has upped his game, Ted Giovannis has. And so kudos well, to them. So working
2: with David Murray, too. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a pretty good driver coach. That's that's a pretty good coach. <laughs>
0: Well, we're waiting as the GS field is sitting, I would think, rather uncomfortably in the sunshine towards Pit uh, Out. Uh, at the moment, there's uh, a decent line of cars that are sitting waiting for the signal from our uh, IMSA Pit Lane Marshall. Right, I'll ask the question again then, Greg, now that we've wrapped up with the ST qualifying, and congratulations to Justin Um Who are we expecting to see at the sharp end?
1: Camaros. I mean, this. They, we uh, in the uh, the first practice session, the two Stevenson uh, Motorsports Camaro, uh, the Z28Rs of Aschenbach Bell, in the nine, and Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell in the six, topped the order. Then it was the uh, the brothers Plum, as I enjoyed calling them, <laughs> in the uh, Rumbum car. Then another Camaro, which is the Mantella Autosport entry of uh, of Mark Wilkins. First of the Mustangs was fifth. You look at the second practice session, the top three were the Z28Rs, again the 9 of Aschenbach, uh, the 6 of Liddell. I think those were the guys that, uh, that put those times in. The team, Mantella Autosport Camaro of Cal Marcelli ended up third. Then the, uh, the Rumbum Porsche. But in that one, coming in with a really solid lap, of course, was the uh, number 14 Doran Racing nismo nissan gt uh, academy car that ended up uh, with a good run and making a little bit of noise too and if it's if this race gets slippery and the heat and everything let's not forget that compass 360 subaru with the all-wheel drive uh when they've had grip you know grip Challenge races they have been really in the hunt so i mean and it's warm out there right now yeah we
2: saw last year at road america it was yeah. super hot and got really greasy and and pierre just marched through the pack and um, lime rock another situation where the car was strong so no doubt but one of the trends that you're going to see there's there's in in gs there's massive torque to get off these corners or lightweight car that gets through the corners and is good on brakes and tires and depending on the race the camaros are going to either look like superstars or you're going to see those nissans and the porsche the plum brothers you know really kind of shining because they want their long runs yes they want to keep keep the tires under them and 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 kind of let the gs cars uh the uh camaros kind of burn up those rear tires
1: and think about in the race if if that's the case and it comes down both the uh the uh, stevenson camaros and that rum bum porsche they want to put Part of this game into their pit crews during those stops. They're Correct. both magical. Oh, yeah. strategy in Their execution is play and part. strategy, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amaz- going to be fun.
0: It's amazing <laughs> to me through all the iterations of the Continental Tires Uh, racing series over the years one of the names, you know, the names that you've mentioned there, at least two or three of them have been consistently at the top and Stevenson in particular, you know, whatever they've raced whatever iteration of of, of GM product that they've raced, whatever the rules and regulations technically have been they have managed to get the right guys in the right cars uh, and get that programme sorted and they have been very very impressive down the years
1: I think a lot of that you got to put that down to a guy named Mike Johnson. I mean, he just he's the 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 guy in the box. He's he runs the team, and he has he has this program figured out, and he he executes as you said, not just what's going on at the track, but all the prep superbly. And
2: surround yourself with good people and and lead. And, and, oh. ma- and manage them well, and and he does a great job, and yes, so does uh, Rumbum oh. as well. Some Joe of these Vardy's teams, the Joe Vardy is like. Um, <laughs> you know sits on the box and owns it yeah. when he in these events i mean i've seen him them completely be out to lunch on pace and win races and it's just incredible so you know good drivers good good crew and um a good execution is what really wins these races
0: just a minute away from getting the green flag for a 15 minutes all out winner takes all or at least when it takes the poll uh, as far as the gs portion of the continental tires Championship here at Sebring. Uh, all right, come on. I'm going to get you guys. Is it anybody going to beat the Camaros here, Mark?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I, I actually this morning I talked to Matt Plum and I, I kind of quizzed him. I was like, "You guys are looking really good." And he goes, "I don't know if we can beat the uh, the Camaros on pace. They're just so good right now." And and uh, I know how hard they those guys are executing and how much prep they're putting into that 911. Uh, so. I'm not sure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet with the lineup that they had. Driver lineup. We're gonna see uh, one of those uh, Stevenson Camaros on pole. You're
0: not gonna go against that, Greg. I can tell just by the body language.
1: <laughs> it's it's difficult. You know, I was looking as we are green. Session starts. Uh, last year's pole, which was, would be essentially the record here for Continental at Sebring, a two fifty nine by uh, by Trent Hinman uh in the bmw but as we said the bmw is down you know uh the highest placed one was uh H- hinman in sixth in in one of the sessions i mean the mustang which was purely or clearly the fastest car in just pure speed at daytona even farther back i just think with those 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 four camaros in the hands of some awfully good drivers it, it's going to take something spectacular to overcome that, and I agree with you. I don't think the Porsche on one, two, three lap pace right. can do it. I, in the race, they might well be able to pull it off.
2: Right. Keep in mind, guys, this is a production car, so yeah. gearboxes play a part. And um, Daytona, where you're you're in third, fourth, you know, you're not you're in the upper gears a yeah. lot. You're not really in the, t- the tighter corners like this, or you're not going through the gearboxes just the same way coming off the corner could mean a half a second for some of these makes the oh, bmw yeah. um late last year had a re- restrictor added to it so things have changed compared to last yeah. year a little bit and i think it's all kind of still with uh bop settling out and we're seeing the camaros like just be so strong right now
0: it's nice to see though cars having different strengths at different circuits you don't want the bop and i don't think anybody's trying a bop all of that away the variety is part of the spice of what we're looking at and sometimes a rear engine car in the Porsche or a big front engine American muscle car in you know the Mustang or, or the Camaro or something a little lighter and nimbler I love the idea of in hot conditions the all-wheel drive Subaru being able to come through you think of those guys praying for rain all the time but it's not always the case the, the variety is part of the spice of this series.
2: Yeah, and it, you know, you, you you never know. You can't confine a production car series like this into one little spec box. Because, like you said, you know, some cars just inherently are going to have better braking balance. They're going to brake better. Some are going to have more torque. Some are going to have better uh, um, mid-corner handling. They're going to be able to, The suspension design is slightly getting more out of the tire. And that just happens.
0: I look at this as a direct descendant of the... Saloon and GT championships of the 50s, 60s, and 70s that really sparked my interest in motor racing in back in the UK, which were dominated at the time by small, nimble cars, whether they were Austin A40s, Dotson 510s, yeah, and all of that yeah, stuff, yeah. minis even. Minis, and, yeah. and then guys started bringing over the big American muscle cars, yeah, and things like galaxies were coming over. It looked like an aircraft carrier compared to a, a Mini Cooper. Jack Sears drove around Brands Hatch one year, and well, I think won the championship um, in third gear and third gear alone because they were scared they would break the transmission. <laughs> and it had so much talk. Of st- and that you know th- those kind of things, the differences of you know blasting past someone on the straight and then getting beaten into the apex because you had drum brakes. You know that was th- that was all the part of the fun. We're off and running, guys, and these first laps could be absolutely crucial.
1: Uh, absolutely, you were talking about the outlap, that lap of. Being released, coming around, getting heat in the tires, and starting that flyer to get that sweet spot. This and the next lap are really going to be the uh, the telling ones. Real quickly on that BOP, I think sometimes I think even some uh, some series officials miss it. From what I think, and I, it sounds like you too. BOP is not to get everybody absolutely equal at every track. No. BOP is to get everybody close so that everybody has an opportunity to win, and then let the swings and ra- uh, and arrows of racing fortune. Let the teams play do it out. from there. At the a certain track, and, and it might be a driver, car, team package that's just better suited to that track. Right. And if they win, and then they win another one with just a brilliant drive and slip one by somebody in you know, right before a caution or whatever, you got to let that go and say, good for you. Yeah. Get them close. Let them race. and. Mm-hmm. They really seem to have hit the nail on the, on the well, head here in this series. I
2: think. As a driver and being involved with the team, we're always, like, chanting, w- we need more help, or they yeah, don't yeah. need help. And But in reality, with the technology they, they have now with split reports, and they're looking at more things now than they've ever looked at before, and it's not just a matter of um, a car winning three races in a row. Like, it could have not won three races in a row. You could have finished fifth, sixth, and seventh. But they know that, hey, you better not complain because you've got kind of yeah. a better advantage than a lot of cars. You just need to execute better.
1: Well, I, 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 this is
0: it. a team sport. Yeah, it's a team sport. You know, you can you can have the best quarterback in the world. If your wide receivers can't catch a pass worth a light, then you are not going to win anything. <laughs> you know, it's, so what do you do? Then do you legislate against the team whose wide receivers have got putter fingers? Well, you know, do you give them extra help? Do you let them play with an extra man on the field? No, of course you don't. You know, some teams play better. At, in ball sports, when it's cold, when it's hot, when it's wet, when it's dry, it's the same kind of thing, and I, I love what's going on. Mark Bell gets out there early with a
1: <laughs> 2.15.6.
2: 15 is a fast time, too. Ooh. We were looking at 16s, 17s last year, and 15s are going to be pretty quick.
1: 15.9. So, 2.15.9.8. That is four 100s off the track record. First lap. Wow. Andrew Davis
0: threw in second with a 16.3, so almost four tenths of a second, 16.7 for Billy Johnson. Uh, In the 15 car, then Hugh Plum working hard for his 18-1. A couple of seconds away. Will he improve on his second lap? We know that the fast times are going to come early with these big, powerful cars. And just as Mark was saying earlier on, we've burned five minutes already. Nine (laughs) minutes and 13 seconds of the 15 still to go. Bizarre. But that is how little time... I actually really like these quick-fire qualifying sessions nothing worse for me for cars being out there for hours on end and only going out to do their real laps you know 10 minutes from the end and you get a packed track well at a certain, a
2: certain point especially since you have to start the race on these continental tires i mean it becomes a game you'll go out you run your fast lap you come in and park and wait and yeah. uh, what's what's good about having a track that's cold during hot during hot qualifying for 40 minutes it's exactly. no fun
1: yeah, this makes sense. I mean, it's 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 get it done and get it done now. So right now, Camaro, Camaro, Mustang, BMW, Porsche. So a nice mix up at the front right now in that top five. Uh, Martin Barkey doing a nice job in the Mantella number 80. And Mark Bowden, team principal for Fall Line in the team number 48 car. Great news that uh, he has uh, apparently made a deal. And Tony's Kazimitz will be his partner wow. for the remainder of the season good news and louis philippe montour young quebecois that i got pretty familiar with when he was running the viper cup uh running with the 57 racer's edge car and doing a nice job up into eighth
2: i think what you'll notice with gs is you you those first two laps are even more crucial just because they go through it's a heavier car they're Mm -hmm. putting a lot more load on the tire and they get hot really really quick and this is a later in even though it's only been a 15-minute sessions, this is another 30 minutes from when ST started, and the track temperatures are continually going up all day.
1: New track record, folks, a 215. 846 for Matt Bell in the number 9, Stevenson Z28R Camaro. Nice lap uh, there and uh, good job and uh, everybody else not quite as quick this lap around as it well it's true well, Hugh Plum yeah. 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 he, he improved didn't move up a spot did he no no, no. he did he, he oh, just, he from, he he just nipped Ashley, Ashley. Yeah, freeberg right.
2: for, uh, for fourth
0: Ashley Freiberg in the BMW uh, Louis
1: Philippe moved up a spot two to seventh
0: didn't he yeah. yeah. the IHG big jump by Brad yeah. whoa, Yeager whoa hello <laughs> uh,
1: the Nissan Speaks
0: it's interesting, isn't it? Good to see Ashley getting uh, a drive. Uh, Greg, you'll remember a couple of years ago when she was in with the the Porsches, led convincingly the first part of the season until uh, that rain-affected qualifying session at most sport, I think it was, yep. when uh, the, a number of people had issues, and that basically put paid to the rest of her uh, Porsche Cup season. Good to see her back in a car, getting some backing and continuing her, uh, her
1: career. In the
0: 46 car, sitting uh, with our BMW in sixth position
1: at the moment. She and Hinman won Daytona last year in the BMW 200 and then couldn't put together a drive and ended up, as you said, going and running the Porsche Cup and some other stuff, excelling everywhere she went. It is really cool that uh, that uh, that team followed. They never gave up on her. It was just a matter of, of making sure that the funding was in place, of course, and uh, now with a great partner that they have that she's, I think, a brand ambassador now for... Yeah, that's uh, a
2: determination on yeah, all parts, and that's great. great. That's a good team effort for them. Yeah. They wanted to work with her. She wanted to be there, and they they all worked very hard to put something together.
0: Just watching down in 12th position, the 158 car. That's Austin Sindrick uh, in that car, sitting uh, after his third lap in uh, just inside the top dozen or on the top dozen. Last time I saw that name on a timing screen, he was driving a GT3 SLS Mercedes-Benz uh, for uh, uh, down in Australia uh, and doing a very nice job indeed at the Bathurst 12 Hours. Uh, ridiculously young, I think he's seven seven (laughs) years old Austin Sindrick he's not he's 16 but only just uh, 16 years old Uh, most places in the world he goes he he can't drive the hire car Uh, he's not even old enough to have a license
2: (laughs) at the end of this lap he'll be 16
0: years old (laughs) very good I like that Uh, and obviously uh, has a very famous father and has been steeped in motorsport all his life Tim Sindrick was down there uh, from uh, Penske of course and Austin, in a group of young guys yeah. who uh, were put into that SLS uh, by the Australian team, and frankly did a cracking job. And good to see him uh, back out on a little bit closer to home ground uh, here in uh, in Sebring.
1: Both of the Stevenson Camaros have said we're done, and Save uh, bring you folks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a half second between the two. And then another three-tenths back to Billy Johnson, who really has dug deep and found some speed in that, uh, that Multimatic Mustang Boss I want to point something out to yeah. you,
2: Greg. The, the, the two cars, the only two cars that seem to be improving their times are yeah. the two Nissans, yeah. or the 14 and the 41. Uh, Nick McMillan just uh, went back up, actually jumped up to P6, but Jaeger has just knocked another two-tenths off his quickest time. Uh, he hasn't improved in position, but still, 217 flat is a pretty solid run.
1: And McMillan, of course, the most recent U.S. Nissan GT Academy guy. So the gamers have an at it here. Uh, good run to sixth. Freiburg, seventh. Philip Montour in the racer's edge Mustang, eighth. Martin Barkey in the Mantella Camaro in ninth. And Mark Bowden in the Fall Line BMW in tenth. But, uh, yeah, Jager, he just continues to chip away at it a little bit, doesn't he? What yeah. makes that car? I mean, you know, that you see that car... It, it, it seems to sometimes not have the outright pace in qualifying but it always moves up. Well, I it, I think it's a it is a lighter, lighter car. car. It's yeah. it's
2: very much the Mazda M X five of G S in a way. Oh, uh, it it but it does have good top speed, so it doesn't have the torque and the off the corner speed, but it's got it's good under braking, it's good through the corner, it's good on very top speed, which is good for some of the longer tracks. Um it's not like uh the Porsche nine eleven top speed. Trap. It's not as aero-friendly, yeah. I think, but uh, it certainly it takes care of the the Continentals uh, tires a little bit better than than certainly the Camaros and the Mustangs do.
1: That's one of the things too about this series that's so funny. Uh, you know, John, talking about the variety of cars. As we're into our final th- what, three minutes, uh, you close your eyes and you listen to all the instruments in this orchestra playing a nice oh, yeah. symphony and that, you know, that, that there there's no sound like that Nissan, you know, there's no sound like a big V8, there's no sound like a flat six Boxster, and there's no sound like, I think, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, Jeremy, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'm down in the Stevenson Racing Pit with John Stevenson. And John, uh, wow, what a good day for you guys. Yeah, I'm tickled to death with my organization. They've done a fantastic job. They've been down here for about two weeks testing last week, had some big issues, got them assorted. Uh, obviously, we've got a super driver lineup, but the depth of our organization is amazing, and they've done a great job coming back here today and uh, having some pretty fast race cars, so we're looking forward to tomorrow. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you came here last year, and, and you scored the first win for the new Z28R, uh, and you had a really good start to this season also with the two podium finishes at Daytona, so you guys are on a bit of a roll. Right, yeah, we're off to a good start. We, uh, we raced prematurely at Daytona last year. We, the cars weren't developed enough. We really shouldn't have been at Daytona last year, so uh, we're much better prepared this year. We've got great race cars and uh, a lot of depth in our organization, so we're looking forward uh, to a strong year. Yeah, have fun tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. And isn't it
0: great, actually, to have the Z28 name back on a Camaro? Cool. For men of a certain age... Uh, even from my side, I What of age the would Atlantic, that be? Uh, 32. <laughs> um, <laughs> plus tax. I love radio. It's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you could see there? But for men of a certain age, of my age, uh, even on, from my side of the Atlantic, growing up in the era when the original Z28s were around and we were looking at the big American muscle cars with very envious eyes, you didn't get the crossover of cars coming into, into Europe, and certainly not in the UK, because the steering wheel was on the wrong side. That's not so much of an issue more recently, but we looked at those cars as if there was something from another planet and I think it's great to see Ford bringing the Mustang back as a world car, we are going to get that in the UK we hear there's a chance of a Camaro with a a right hand uh, drive as well, sadly probably not a Corvette but even so those cars are now available in Europe and it's great to hear V8 muscle cars being used as nature
1: intended <laughs> just well said you
0: guys just take it for granted over here just you just have <laughs> no idea how much we yearned f- to be able I, to get close to these things. yes
2: but I I struggled to to search out the elusive Turbo diesel Peugeot, I could drive on a daily basis. <laughs>
0: See, that's true, and that is the, That's the odd side of it now. As you get, when you are a man of a certain age, Mark, and you all of your youth, you talked about speed, and all of the guys I talk now go, "What mileage are you getting?" I got 57 miles to <laughs> the gallon from my diesel on the way down today, and it's uh, even Eve's TT is a six-speed Quattro, but it's a turbo diesel, 180 brake, but about a bazillion pounds feet of torque. And it's one of the best sports cars ever, but it's a diesel, you know. Uh, we're we're finished. Done. Thank you and good night. We've parked the uh, front row already. Matt Bell and Andrew Davies have done their job. And Billy Johnson is in third position. So no real surprises. There, Greg. Certainly not at the very sharp end of the field.
1: No, but I am impressed that Billy, who is just wicked quick, was able yeah. to haul that Mustang right up into the fray. And as you talked about, Mark, uh, what we were seeing from those uh, those two Nissans uh, bodes well. The you know Hugh Plum, I think in the race that car is going to be you know much more of a of an absolute front running factor. It was interesting when we listened to uh, the interview with uh, with John Stevenson. That win they got here last year. That was a brilliant move by a guy named Robin Liddell Mm -hmm. that just, on a restart, just snookered. I don't remember even who it was that was leading. Snookered that guy, got in front, managed to stay there. Then there was a late caution for an incident. That was me. for your incident, yeah, exactly, that's right. <laughs> Let's whip down to Jeremy Shaw. Let's see if we can get a word with the pool sitters.
3: Yeah, with Matt Bell, who's uh, sitting uh, in the wheel of his car still. About nice. flag is out, your 10th pole position in Conti. A new track record Fantastic. here. Good afternoon's work.
4: Yeah, thank you. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm always impressed by the Team Chevy guys, by Stevenson Motorsport. Um, they did their homework. Um, we've used every practice session, every test session um, the best we could. Uh, really wrenched on the car, um, made made just the car near perfect. Um, so, you know, I was struggling a little bit with, with the track changes. I was struggling a little bit with the car changes. Um, you know, but, but like I said, the, these guys are hard-working people. Um, they got the car exactly what we need right now. Um, so I'm very excited for the race tomorrow, um, and uh, I guess we'll see what, what
3: happens. Now, one lap around here is is, is hard to do, but to two and a half hours tomorrow, it's going to be a hot uh, this is a heavy car how difficult is it going to be to get the consistency in the car that you need to win this race
4: um, well like i said we made use of every test session every practice session so um we definitely um on trying to get the car to be good over a long run um, i think we'll be okay but as you said we are the heaviest car in the field so um, our tires definitely have to go a lot further than uh, than everyone else's so it will be a challenge but I, I think it's a challenge we're up for
3: mike congratulations did an absolutely fine job there because he will hand over the car to uh to uh, lost nation back tomorrow and the second dot on the grid is uh, matt bell's teammate andrew davis and andrew a good run for you as well what a great
4: uh, day for this team oh yeah tremendous the first time that we've been able to capture the front row so it's uh, it's nice to have the two stevenson camaros starting up front matt had a mega lap that was really good i'm happy for him and uh, and also happy for the entire crew on the six as well because we've been working hard We've, uh, we've tested here, we've had our cars dialed in and uh, you know now we move to race mode. Yes we do and a whole uh, different battle ahead of them tomorrow guys
0: Thanks Jeremy uh, we're going to have a quick wrap up here so we can do a, a change of uh, personnel so my thanks uh, go uh, once again to uh, Mark Miller and to Greg Kramer Matt Bell on Paul in GS with the Camaro and earlier on Justin Piscitell captured the Paul in ST and both by decent margins we'll have the race for you live later on this weekend here on IMSA Radio.
1: This program is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more visit Radiolamont.com.